Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm King of OX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now, from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida, and the T.R. Hughes Holmes Broadcast Center, here's Matt Pauley. We do welcome you into Sports Open Line here on a Monday night on KMOX, getting things going a little bit later than normal this evening, but uh, doing what we do generally do on uh, Monday nights following the SLU Basketball Coaches Show. Bilkins Basketball, they are uh, back at it tomorrow evening, as you'll hear uh, right here on KMOX. So no sports open line. We've got a little bit of a a different first few days of the week this week. Uh, Just the one-hour show tonight, and then tomorrow night, SLU's going to be in action as uh, they travel to Richmond. And then on Wednesday, we'll have our countdown to opening day, but then we'll have uh, standard shows coming up uh, later on in the week on uh, Thursday and Friday, a full two-hour edition of the show uh, each night here from uh, Jupiter and our T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. We've got a really, really busy first hour, and I want to get to it. So uh, this is going to be a quick first segment, and then we're going to jump right into things. Uh, as Here's what we've got coming up uh, over the course of uh, the next uh, less than an hour now. In our next segment, uh, we are going to be joined by Brendan Schaefer. He covers the Cardinals for uh, KMOV.com. He had been down here in uh, Jupiter, and I got the chance to uh, talk with him as he's been covering uh, the Cardinals and everything uh, going on. Uh, then the next segment after that, we're going to hear from uh, manager Oliver Marmel. He did his uh, daily media briefing earlier in the day. Always has interesting things to say. With today being the first full squad workout, uh, the message today to the team was one of the big focuses of what um, Marmel had to uh, say. And uh, we're going to uh, certainly listen into uh, some of his comments that uh, he had uh, about just what the keys are for this season and what the process is for this to be a championship level club and it's not just about saying you want to be a championship level club it's about the various different things that you can do to make that happen so uh, marmel talked about uh, that also talked about the rules changes and everything going along with that so uh, a lot to get to with uh, ali marmel and then in our final segment uh, we're going to talk a lot about the battle hawks as they opened up uh, their season yesterday and they won just in crazy crazy fashion 
the way they, they didn't do much of anything offensively until literally the final few moments of the game. They got the vast majority of their offense from a point standpoint, from a yardage standpoint, all at the uh, towards the end of the game and just stole away a victory. So that is a great start for head coach Anthony Becton, the Battle Hawks, as uh, they got uh, their season started. Really, they got their existence started, Battle Hawks 2.0 as opposed to uh, the last version of the Battle Hawks, but this is a, a brand new thing. So uh, that's what's going to be coming up uh, in the program today. If you want to chime in, probably best way to do so on Twitter, find me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air, and uh, always tweeting out uh, Cardinal stuff throughout the course of uh, spring training uh, as well. So uh, hopefully you follow me and you see everything that uh, I've got going on. But up next, uh, we'll be joined by uh, Brendan Schaefer again. Uh, Brendan covers the Cardinals for uh, KMOV.com. Had been down here in uh, Jupiter. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back on the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX from the TR Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter as the first full squad workout took place today, technically really full squad workouts had already been going on, but today was the official day as it was no longer an optional sort of thing for the full squad. It was a, uh, a requirement. So one week through, we've still got uh, about a month or so to go as a uh, spring training does it continue on. And I got the chance to uh, sit down with Brendan Schaefer. He uh, covers the Cardinals for uh, KMOV.com. First thing I asked him was, as uh, we look back on week number one of spring training what really jumped out at him you know i think the uh big storyline has been wilson Contreras, honestly and that's probably not a surprise to a lot of people but to see him in cardinal red to see him interacting with cardinals fans and being here as the the marquee piece of the offseason that the cardinals knew they had kind of a void there at catcher and obviously a void that albert pujols left behind in terms of a, a a big bat in the middle of the lineup and it it seems to be really coming together that Wilson is going to be a guy that can fill both of those roles for the Cardinals effectively and be a veteran in the clubhouse. So to see him actually here in Jupiter, I think, has been uh, one of the noticeable things in camp. I mean, got a chance to see him do batting practice the other day. Obviously, it's just BP, but it it's noticeable the kind of threat that he could be in the Cardinals lineup. We like to tell good stories, and the story he told when at his press conference about home run 695 for Pujols and almost wishing he was in the other dugout. And then the other day he talked about putting on the Molina jersey before he even signed with the team. Uh, I was talking with Mike Claiborne about this the other day. I, I don't know if I can remember a guy showing up and fitting in the way he is fitting in. You know, I, I guess the comparison would be Nolan Arenado, right? Just from a perspective of it was known and some of those anecdotes kind of came out too about how he was 
was texting Adam Wainwright videos of him working out to say, hey, give this to Mosellock. I want, I want to be a Cardinal, those kinds of things. And it, I think that's the comparison where it's just a cultural fit and it feels right when you see Wilson Contreras for this team. Um, the fact that he was on the Cubs and all those things were happening, I think is going to rub some Cubs fans the wrong way. But it, it just speaks to really how uh, the, the Cardinals have the culture that from the outside as a rival he could see and he could know that that's something that might be a good fit for me. And so, yeah, I think he is fitting in really well already. And once the real games begin, I think it's only going to become more noticeable. Oh, you say that about Cubs fans, and you're right. I mean, if it's, if it's mid-July and there's a series of Wrigley and the two teams are close to each other, it doesn't matter. But the thing that I've noticed is Cubs fans really miss him and are wishing him well. The media in Chicago have killed the Cubs for, for not bringing him back. This You generally don't see that kind of response if a Cub leaves to be a Cardinal or if a Cardinal leaves to be a Cub. You're right, but what I think is going to be interesting is, remember, Wilson has already talked about, hey, when I was a Cub and y'all were on the other side as the Cardinals, I did things intentionally to make sure that you did not like me when we played against one another. Okay, so now the shoe's going to be on the other foot. Wilson Contreras has got that same edge. That's what the Cardinals like about him, right? So when he's facing the Cubs this year, I'm very curious to see how much of that edge comes out against his former teammates, obviously. But that could be a, a really interesting dynamic that I, I think we all are aware of, but we maybe don't fully appreciate until we get a chance to see it because he is a fiery competitor. That's one of the things that the, the Cardinals loved about him and, and knew that he would fit in because of it, adding him to a clubhouse that has guys like Arenado and Goldsmith that fit that same billing. Uh, that was really attractive to St. Louis, but now to maybe see the opportunity to have the shoe on the other foot and Wilson Contreras maybe getting under the skin of Cubs, that could be really interesting when you get into those July matchups, like you said. The first kind of big moment of spring training was Adam Wainwright throwing a live BP session. It was kind of cool because everything stopped. There was nothing else going on on any other field, and everybody was paying attention to him. I, this is my first time covering spring training, but to me that kind of felt like the start of spring training really getting going. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what you're down here to see those kinds of moments when, of course, he's going up against two, Goldschmidt, Arenado, some of the big names on the team, Dylan Carlson getting a chance to get in there against him like that's really where you get the sense that oh, okay we're really kicking this thing off Cardinals baseball is just around the corner and and these guys are out there honing their craft and they're taking it seriously too if if Wainwright gives up a hit to Arenado you know he has a reaction to that he's not happy about that because he's a competitor out there just like the other guys so it's that was a that was a fun moment for sure Matt who's the player that's so important to this team that there may be a little bit of a question mark, but if they take a step forward, if they do, you know, I think of a Jack Flaherty, a Tyler O'Neill, guys who have done things before, is, is it one of those two guys? Is it somebody else that's really going to dictate the high level of this team? You know, it was interesting to hear Mo back at winter warm-up when he said there were moves we could have made in the offseason that we didn't necessarily end up pursuing to the fullest extent because We've seen these guys in here, and we know what they're capable of. And some of them from the 2022 season uh, didn't have their best years. You mentioned a couple of them, uh, whether it was due to injury with with, with Jack or Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson was banged up at times, and the Cardinals know what those guys are capable. And so I, I feel like you look at that group, and it's probably one of those names. But the one that stands out really is Jack Flaherty, because in terms of what he can do at his best for a starting rotation, I don't know that the Cardinals have a way to replicate that outside of Jack. In terms of just high-end ace potential with strikeout stuff when he's at his best, they've got a lot of good pitchers, but they don't have anybody, I don't think, that can reach maybe the ceiling that Jack Flaherty has when healthy. So to me, 
if he falls in line into the spot of the rotation that everybody expects him to be when he's right, I think that makes the biggest difference of any of those guys for the Cardinals this year. A few more questions for Brendan Schaefer. He writes for KMOV.com. Uh, Ryan Helsley lost his arbitration hearing. It just seems like anytime you go to the hearing, there's not a lot of good stuff that, that comes out of it. And it really feels like players are behind the eight ball. Does this need to – I know we just saw a new CBA got signed, but when they do this again, does the arbitration process need to be looked at? I was just thinking about this last night, Matt, where – uh, it actually stemmed from the, the Corbin Burns stuff with Milwaukee. You ha- you heard uh, about him losing his arbitration case and, uh, the, you know, the dollar amounts relative to the salary wasn't all that substantial where you'd think, oh, man, if you're the team, wouldn't it be better to, to not maybe put a player out in that way and, and have him be unhappy with the situation? Um, because, yeah, it, it is a weird situation in a, a way they go about doing things when you really think about it. It pits the player against the team, and the team has to air out all of these thoughts about a player that aren't really necessarily fair to that player, but they're trying to save the money on the salary, and so that's the, the system. I, I think within the next couple of CBAs, you'd think there'd have to be a change to that. Like you said, it, they did just kind of go through that process, and so it may be a little while before it gets to that again. But yeah, I, I should think so. Like you think about Tyler O'Neill last year. It was different because of the lockout, but his situation bled into the regular season, which he has kind of since acknowledged that that had some impact on him because you have that uncertainty, and, and really these guys just want to be able to focus on what they're doing day-to-day, playing the game and I think Ryan Helsley uh, handled it in a nice way uh, talking about it back at winter warm-up he said that's something I'm really just going to let my agent handle and I don't want to have too big of a hand in it but let's be honest these are humans it's hard to not have it affect you in some way Uh, I think for Ryan's case it's, it's good that it's at least in the past now to where he can have that runway up until the regular season. It doesn't have to think about it like Tyler kind of did last year that was really an unfortunate situation but I agree with you I think at some point maybe change the system in some way that that this doesn't have the the head-to-head budding that you're seeing with arbitration these days. It's hard to apply real-world standards to what goes on in professional sports, but I always say to people, it's like going and showing up to your job and not knowing how much you're going to get paid. That's going to weigh on you. Yeah, it's hard to not have it. And these are professional athletes, so they operate on a level that a lot of us maybe just can't really fathom. Uh, the, the abilities that they have to, to be able to do these things. But it is still work, right? It, this is their job and their livelihood. And so uh, to be able to have these expectations upon you that millions of people are going to watch it, you have to perform at this high level. Oh, but also there's the business side of it that you really sometimes don't have much control over. And uh, we're going to be airing this out in terms of talking about maybe the things you didn't do so well last year, that that's why we shouldn't have to pay you as much. It's uncomfortable. And, and so it's, it is a really kind of unique and not in a good way situation that you see in in professional sports the way that works. Last question for you. We see the money being thrown around in the Eastern Division, Western Division. The Cardinals as they're built right now, can they contend with the the Mets, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Padres, the Phillies, or are they still a player or two away? I think the Cardinals certainly can contend this year with those teams. It's going to have to be on the uh, the strength of some good health, some good fortune in that regard. Some of the players that we had talked about that maybe had a bit of a down year last year or didn't get a full season due to injury, those guys are probably going to need to show out. And then maybe the contributions from younger players that are on the way, uh, those would probably have to come to fruition. 
But it is interesting when you look at the new format of the playoffs, right? Do I think the Cardinals are necessarily a, a shoe-in or a, a favorite to end up being one of the top two division winners in the National League? Probably not, because you've got a lot of really talented teams in the East and West, as you mentioned. And so I could see a scenario where the Cardinals are a very good team this year. They get to the postseason as the central winner, but you're still dealing with that best two out of three wild card series. And there's a lot of things that can happen. Uh, Ryan Helsley last year with the finger situation, that was a fluke event that honestly altered the course of an entire season. Who knows what happens if his finger is okay? He probably gets the outs in the ninth inning of game one, just like he did almost every time that season. And it's maybe a completely different set of circumstances. Because of the randomness of that short series, it is really kind of a, a crapshoot when you get into it. If you can't win, you know, 98, 100 games to be able to get one of those by series. So that's maybe the concern, but you you know as well as anybody, you get into the playoffs and you can still have an opportunity to make something happen. It's just the randomness of it is what I think makes Cardinals fans uncomfortable. He's Bruce Schaefer. You read him at camwivia.com. Generally, I would say your Twitter handle right now, but we're sitting at a picnic table, so I don't have a computer in front of me. What's your Twitter handle? It's at bschaefer12. I don't have that memorized. I'm sorry. No, that's okay, Matt. No no problem on that one. That was Brendan Schaefer joining us here on Sports Open Line on KMOX from the TR Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. Again, you can uh, read Brendan online at KMOV.com as he uh, covers the Cardinals for uh, Channel 4's website, KMOV.com. When we come back, we're going to hear from uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. We'll go back through his uh, media conference from earlier today, as we do on just about an everyday basis. I had a lot of things to uh, talk about. Uh, The entire group was uh, addressed today by a number of people. What was the message on the first full squad workout day? What are they doing in terms of uh, getting ready for the new rules? And also talked about a, a few individuals, including Paul DeYoung, Nolan Arnato, Paul Goldschmidt, yeah, uh, Wilson Contreras, and comparing him to Yadier Molina. So uh, a lot to uh, hear from with uh, Oliver Marmel. That's on the way next. It's Sports Open Line from the TR Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, right here on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. and broadcast from the TR Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter at Cardinals Spring Training today. The first full squad workout. What does that really mean? We've talked about this a little bit. It didn't mean a whole lot for this version of the Cardinals as everybody had already been in camp. As Oliver Marmel had talked about on Sunday, the day before the first full squad workout, really the only difference for today as opposed to anything going on for the last week is for position players, they no longer had the technical option to participate in things. Last week it was they were given the opportunity, things were set up, but there was no requirement on those players that they had to participate, even though basically they all were, uh, with with a couple exceptions. We'll get into one of those in, in just a moment. Uh, for today, it became the requirement. Camp is underway. Everything is uh, somewhat scripted. Uh, it's a little bit more busy and uh, that is the big, uh, that's that's the big difference. It's not that way everywhere, by the way. I was noticing, I was just on social media, and I was looking at some tweets from people who cover other teams in baseball and seeing that other teams were having their first full squad workout and players were arriving into spring training today for the first full squad workout. Not that those guys weren't working out and doing their own thing, uh, but it just continues to show that, 
with the Cardinals and I think with this group in particular and the fact that this is a WBC year and there are so many guys that are going to be going to the WBC, there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, but obviously, it's just a, it is a situation where pretty much everybody was here and spring training had kind of already gotten underway. All right, uh, it is our, we do this uh, just about every day here on the program. We take the uh, daily media conference from Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel and we cut some of the uh, highlights from it and, and play them for you. Uh, he was asked about the message that was given. So this morning in the clubhouse, the entire group was brought together and uh, Marmel talked to him, president of baseball operations, John Mosellock spoke with them. And uh, also uh, club owner Bill DeWitt Jr. spoke with them as well. And when talking about the message that was given to this team, Marmel said it's really important that every player and every staff member are able to trust each other. We have an extremely dedicated clubhouse. You get here weeks before camp even starts, and you got guys that are taking ground balls and hitting in the cage as if it was game seven. They're just truly dedicated to winning, and at the end of the day is taking 26 guys with us to St. Louis that we can trust. So if I were narrowed it down to one thing is being able to trust each other. That is a two-way road, though, uh, as he talked about that he has to manage in a way where players can also trust him. It goes back to honesty. I think that whole clubhouse, all they want is honesty. Uh, they want to know where they stand. They want transparency. They want you to be able to uh, sit across from them and not have to guess as to what where they stand or what you're thinking. And I think that's a big part of my seat as a manager is uh, it makes the job easier when you can be honest. Um, I think you gain trust by understanding where they're coming from and putting yourself in their shoes and understand that this game is hard, but also having the tough conversation when it's needed. I thought this was really interesting, and I thought it was really good. Of everything that uh, Marmel has said throughout spring training, this might be my favorite thing that he has said because you go into spring training, every team goes into spring training with the goal of winning a World Series. At least they should. For some teams, it's realistic. For some teams, it's not. It's a limited numbers, number of teams that's realistic. It's a For the Cardinals, that is their goal. It is a realistic goal. Does that mean it's easy? Does that mean they are a favorite? No. But can this team win a World Series this year? Yeah, they, they, they can. So how do you get there? What do you do? What are the pieces that you have to put together to create a World Series winning team? And Marmel talked about that the focus is really on the process to get to that goal and it's not just looking at the actual goal. I think everybody during spring training alludes to winning a championship only uh, realistically a decent amount of, there's a certain amount of the league that, that actually has a chance to do that. Um, and you could talk about it all day, but it's what, what are the ingredients that lead to that? What, what are the things that you can hold yourself accountable to day in, day out that are going to point you in that direction? So it's one thing to just mention it. It's another thing to put a framework in place that allows you to build towards that and then accountability around that so that you stay on track. So. Uh, the message is more geared towards the process as to how to get there than just the, the shiny thing at the end of the road. And to be able to go through that process, you need a group that's willing to do so. And Marmel continues to talk about how this is just a very intentional, hard-working group. Everybody from our veteran group all the way down that got here early and have one thing in mind. But just the way they're going about it, it's one thing to get here early just to show that you're here. It's another thing to be extremely intentional behind how you're putting together your plan every day and executing that plan every day. And some of our young guys have showed a, the ability to do that, and our veteran group continues to model it. Something we continue to talk about but was addressed again earlier today 
uh, the new rules that are going into effect. And with it being the first full squad workout, it's an opportunity for players and everybody to start getting used to all the different things that are going to be going on in baseball this year. And Marmel did say that they are doing some things to be able to try to uh, play under those rules as they go through camp activities. The clocks are there as uh, for them to start to familiarize themselves with. And then when they come off the mound, it's like, hey, there was a couple times. Sure. But um, day one of them kind of getting off the mound and lives, we're not as concerned of penalizing them or stopping the drill for the sake of like, hey, clock violation as much as here's where you're at. You're in a good spot. There's a couple times. Here's when it happened. But uh, they're out there for the sake of just familiarizing themselves with the with the timing of it. A lot of those rules had already existed at the minor league level. So uh, Marmel and his staff had a conversation recently with the uh, AAA coaches, and he talked about that conversation and the things that they learned uh, from individuals who had had to play with those rules already. It confirmed a lot of things that we had in mind. They brought up some things that from a pitching standpoint and even relationship of pitcher-catcher is important to uh, stress. At the end of the day, the team that gets least frustrated with some of these is an that has its advantage because um, at some point someone's going to get called in a situation where it's meaningful and it's going to be frustrating but our ability to continue to move on no different if it's a call that you didn't like um, but no there's some things that they brought up that we, we noted and we'll be able to implement and then obviously players who have been playing in the minor leagues uh, whether they've actually been there or whether they went down on a rehab assignment they played with some of those rules as well and uh, the staff is also relying on those players we we're able to talk to a couple of the guys and even some of the big league guys that went down there like dakota and cabby and um Leahy had some really good things to say about um about kind of how he went about mentally um adjusting to it so yeah we've been able to allow those guys a little bit of time to speak into the bigger groups. Um, it's good for them to be able to speak and guys to be able to ask questions from guys that have already gone through it. So, yeah. While today is the first full squad workout, the full squad will not be together that long. Uh, as the month moves along, a number of players are going to start leaving to uh, start participating uh, in camps with their respective World Baseball Classic teams. That, that creates an opportunity. Marmel talked about that opportunity and how there is uh, this is a very unique camp just in the sense that a lot of young guys, guys who are competing for jobs, are going to have more at-bats, more innings to be able to show off. The WBC was mentioned, but from the standpoint of opportunity, more so than anything, uh, our guys are prepared. We, there's a plan in place for those that are leaving, plan in place for those that are staying. And it's uh, definitely a, a camp that will provide opportunity based on so many guys going to play in the WBC. Paul DeYoung has been here in Jupiter for a while he a disappointing season obviously last year and he went to work to try to really reconfigure his swing and he has been working here he's been using um the the data the video everything that the cardinals can provide him as he's been trying to do things with his swing and uh you know we talked about earlier that last week when position players were here they had the opportunity to take part in some live BPs and, and things like that. We really didn't see DeYoung doing that because he was staying uh, on his uh, pro his own program uh, last week. Uh, so he made that decision to stay on that program, but that did change today. He went so. hard, hard um, over, I mean, he had very little break from season ending to kicking it in gear and getting ready for today. Um, so part of it was ramping up and then getting back down to um, – not just over man like that we don't want to overdo it either but um no he'll join that group of infielders today he'll 
do everything. Marvel talked a little bit more about that and the decision from DeYoung. He was more than welcome to join those groups. He wanted uh, to continue his routine. He's made a lot of progress, um, and he's using the machine work that I pitch with for different reasons as far as recognition, but also getting some swings off on things that he struggled with. So his routine has been amazing. Yeah. Then a couple other things before we uh, get out of here, just uh, notable things that Marmel had to say uh, earlier today. He was asked about uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and just the competitive nature that they have and uh, how, how they're always on. They never turn things off. Every rep, every at bat, every single thing that they do, uh, there is purpose, there's intentionality to it. Um, and Marmel talked about just the, the, the impact that those guys have on the other players, being able to be in that clubhouse, be on this roster, and make everyone else better. When your best guys are out there truly looking to elevate those around them and not just themselves, you're in a really good spot. Because there's a lot of clubhouses in this sport and other sports where your best players just worried about themselves. Mm-hmm. And when your best guys are showing up every day with their teammates in mind and then staying after in order to prove, like, just show somebody something that they're not seeing, um, gosh, it, it puts that clubhouse in a really good spot. And we're fortunate to have those guys. And last thing, I thought this was uh, somewhat interesting as well. Uh, Marmel was asked about uh, just the change at the catcher spot going from Yadier Molina to uh, Wilson Contreras and was asked whether or not uh, there are similarities between those two. They both are ultra competitive and you don't want to cross them. That's a great trait to have as a catcher. Um, they, they both put a little bit of fear in the opposition. And when we're looking to fill that position, it was a matter of finding someone, obviously, that could offensively produce um, but also someone that had that competitive nature that just wants to come across and kill you. And uh, he's got a little bit of that in him. So that was Oliver Marmel speaking uh, earlier today uh, here at Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter. Uh, when we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We'll talk some Battlehawks football. Uh, they had their debut yesterday, and what a finish it was. The Battlehawks were victorious. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll hear a little bit from uh, Anthony Bactus. He met with the media on Zoom earlier today. We'll do that next. This is Sports Open Line from Jupiter on KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line here on KMOX as we continue to broadcast from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter at Cardinal Spring Training. Just a one-hour show tonight following the uh, Slew Coaches Show. Been talking nothing but Cardinals baseball for the first uh, 40, 45 minutes of the program. But as we start to uh, wrap things up here on a Monday night, certainly could not be done without mentioning uh, a couple things. First off, uh, City SC, they have uh, made an announcement uh, as they are getting ready to uh, open up their season this upcoming weekend as uh, goaltender Roman Berkey has been named the first captain of City SC. Really, they'll want to spend some time talking about uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks who opened up uh, their season, kind of opened up their existence uh, in this version of the XFL. It's a brand new version of the XFL. And even though the Battlehawks uh, did exist in XFL 2.0, this is a brand new Battlehawks team. That was a lot of fun. And you try to figure out, like, doing what I do, hosting this show, where my job is to talk about things that you're interested in and to talk about them in a way that you stay tuned in. Like, one of the battles sometimes you have is trying to figure out just what people care about. And I think. From a, from a national standpoint, I think in a lot of these local markets where XFL teams are playing in, 
it's not that big of a deal. Now, I'm sure those markets are hoping that they will be a big, a big deal at some point in time, but it does feel a little bit different in St. Louis because of the success of Battlehawks 1.0. I guess this is Battlehawks 2.0 now. And if you were on social media last night and you follow along with, you know, anybody who's, you know, following along with the St. Louis sports scene, like there was a, there was a lot about the Battlehawks and obviously the way the game went down, uh, that was wild. Like, I don't care what level of football is being played the way that game finished and kudos to the XFL, by the way, if the, if the idea of sports is to have fun, to have compelling uh, moments. I, sometimes we talk about this, not to go back to baseball, but sometimes we talk about this with the runner on at second rule. Like, I understand in theory, like why people don't like it, but in the moment, in the actual moment, the runner on second rule makes the games more exciting. And I, I give you permission, by the way, it's okay to not like that rule, to think that that rule is it does something bad to baseball that you, you know you're a traditionalist and you just you just can't stand for the runner on at second rule. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I understand why you feel that way. In some ways, I understand it. But you can also at the same time enjoy it in the moment. Because in the moment, that rule brings excitement to the game. And I think the XFL has done a really good job in creating excitement. You know, the fact that the conversions can go for one, two, or three points, the crazy onside kick rule that uh, that the Battlehawks were able to, to utilize. I mean, I guess there's a there's a line that you don't want to cross when it comes to uh, craziness where all of a sudden it starts to feel way too gimmicky. It didn't feel gimmicky to me yesterday. And may, look, if you put that stuff in the NFL, maybe all of a sudden it starts feeling gimmicky because it's the NFL, it's not the XFL. And I think you know, that, that, that would be a valid point to make. But it was fun. It was fun. It was an exciting comeback. The fact that that team was down big and then just all of a sudden out of nowhere, they were able to put it all together there uh, in the final quarter, really in the final few minutes. The fact that Austin Prohl, and, and we all know about the history of the Prohl family when it comes to St. Louis football, and his dad, Ricky, is an assistant coach, and Austin is out there doing crazy things, and he's a big part of, uh, of what happened there. It's just, it was it was a whole lot of fun. So I wanted to play for you a little bit of audio before we get done for the day, as a head coach, Anthony Beck, did meet with the media on a Zoom uh, earlier today, has gotten the opportunity to look at the film and everything, which uh, I always... With all due respect to like post game interviews, football, especially football, more than any other sport, football is the sport where I don't want to talk to the head coach until the coaches watch film. I think post game interviews with with coaches, especially when you're talking about things uh, from a strategy standpoint, like it's just it's really hard to to talk. I think intelligently in those moments, and coaches do a good job on it. But you, more often than not, you get a lot better information uh, after coaches have watched the film. Nonetheless, uh, Anthony Beck did meet with the media on uh, Zoom earlier today, had some general thoughts on what his team was able to do. Great win. I'll tell you, you know, listen, this is why we play four quarters of football. We learned a lot about our football team uh, in this game. You know, I don't think we ever wavered, you know, clearly internally. We were looking for answers. We were trying to get something sparked on offense, and it just wasn't there, wasn't there. But, man, I'll tell you now. 
you know, having the having be able to facilitate the situations that we had, um, whether it was uh, the fourth and 15 opportunity, you know, the, the the point after the touchdown, which way to go there, you know, also in the situation we were thinking, OK, hey, we're going to kick a field goal, then go for the fourth and 15. Then the drive turned. There was a lot of different angles and situations that went on there. And uh, I'm just glad the guys, the players were prepared. They never wavered. Whatever mistakes or inconsistencies we had throughout that game, they never were more locked in than those last, you know, uh, two, three minutes of the game. So I give them all credit. I thought Donnie and his defense did an incredible job of keeping the score low, keeping it, keeping it in range for us to attack. And, um, you know, offensively, not turning the ball over was key. Um, you know, being not, not having uh, more penalties uh, than San Antonio was key. Uh, and clearly the fourth quarter, winning the fourth quarter is what we did. So proud of this team. There's a lot there on offense watching the film that we feel like we left on the field uh, that will get corrected. And it can be easily corrected uh, over over a, a two, three day span. So we feel good about that. And uh, I expect to see a lot uh, better performance from our guys up front. But you got to remember, guys, and it's not to make excuses. We have players that have not played games and you know, two, three, you know, some four in AJ, four years. Uh, and I thought, you know, to come together and finish the way they did and being on point was good. So, uh, you know, the win's the most important thing without preseason and all those things. I think you look at all the games, there were some ups and downs, but we didn't turn the ball over. Uh, we didn't have a lot of penalties and the effort was great. And I'm proud of this team. And it's a better taste going into Thursday on an early week, winning a football game. Then, uh, then coming out of that as a loss, trying to figure out, you know, where we go or what we can become uh, because of the inconsistencies we had uh, in the first three quarters of the game. A couple other things from uh, Coach Beck. Uh, A.J. McCarron, the, uh, the Battlehawks quarterback, obviously known for his time at Alabama, really didn't get much of a shot in the NFL, has dealt with some injuries, hasn't played a whole lot, and I mean, we'd be lying to you if we didn't say that uh, he was struggling on through the first uh, three quarters, but give him a lot of credit. When they needed the points, when they needed completions, when they needed a production, A.J. McCarron was there to give it to the Battlehawks. Just dug deep, man, gutted it out. You know, I thought he kept his composure throughout the game, a lot of ups and downs. You know, clearly for him, guys, let's be honest. I mean, you know, he's played many years in the NFL, but as far as starting in a regular season game, I believe 2018 now, three year, almost three years, excuse me, five years. That's a long time. So I knew that going in. I, you know, I told Bruce we got to get him started early. And, uh, you know, given the ebb and flows of the game, the fourth quarter, getting to know his his personnel in live uh, conditions. I mean, we can only duplicate so many live periods in training camp. A lot of teams didn't do anything live throughout training camp. And then also not having preseason, you just don't know what you're going to get, the communications, the noise, the sound, all those things you can try to replicate. But going through a four-quarter game, the scenarios, uh, I thought he handled it well, and we he, he rose up when we needed him most. Uh, we'd love to have uh, better play across the board for everybody in the first three quarters of the game, but I think it's a nice uplifting feeling uh, to get that and finish the way we did. He was on point in those last four minutes of the game, and that's when we needed him. And again, that's why you play four quarters. Yeah, you can you can be strong in other phases and aspects of the game, other other times in the game. But if you got a chance, 
and the opportunity presents itself and the, and the game's still going and you got a chance to do it, you take advantage of it and make plays, that's what we did. And the guy we were talking about earlier, Austin Prohl, what do you say about him? He he made so many, so many big catches uh, converting on the, uh, the fourth down onside kick rule play. Uh, it came through on that. Uh, obviously scored the uh, the big touchdown. He just uh, was scored the the conversion like all over the place. He's making big play after big play. All the while, uh, he's being coached by uh, you know his dad's on the coaching staff. So it's a really great story. It's a great uh, St. Louis sports story. And Beck thinks very much of Prol as a receiver. It's funny because you know here's a guy that you know great hands. Uh, understands his football IQ is incredibly high. For some reason, the league doesn't accept him for some reason. But yet the details of his route, whether it's catching that ball in the seam uh, on the three-point conversion, uh, the touchdown, everything, the the small spaces and being in the area that he's supposed to be for the quarterback to give him a chance is unprecedented. You know, you talk about a guy that's that understands the game and space around him as good as anybody. Uh, excellent hands, and uh, he showed up big time. Three huge catches for us that, quite frankly, uh, if we don't have him in the right exact spot, the game does not turn out the way it is. So, uh, you know, he's been well coached, not not just this year, but his entire life uh, with his father, and it showed up in those moments. I think the trust level with A.J., uh, him being where he's supposed to be, that paid dividends in the long run, and that's a key element I think you can't, you cannot put on a player at the next level is those football IQ uh, uh, issues that come up in a game, and he just steps up, and, and, and he did a great job. The Battle Hawks had 173 of their 235 total yards in the fourth quarter, and uh, they scored those 15 points in the final minutes as they were able to uh, come away with the win over San Antonio 18 to 15 on the road. And that was, uh, that was a whole lot of fun. They've got the quick turnaround. They play the th- XFL Thursday nighter this week as uh, they match up against uh, Seattle on the road. That's going to be coming up uh, this Thursday night. And that's just about going to do it for uh, this edition of sports open line. No show tomorrow. We've got Billikens basketball on the air. And then coming up uh, Wednesday evening, we are going to have countdown to opening day as uh, Mike Claiborne and myself will be rolling your way from 6 o'clock to uh, 8 o'clock from here in Jupiter as uh, we look back and look forward. It's going to be our final show before Grapefruit League play begins. That's going to get started uh, this Saturday against the Nationals, which, of course, you can hear on uh, KMOX. We're going to have 15 spring training games for you here on KMOX, and then we'll have another nine games that will be uh, audio streaming that you'll be able to uh, listen to online. So, some version of a radio broadcast or an audio broadcast is going to be available for 23 separate games. And then, of course, uh, all the games that are being uh, produced from a television standpoint as well. So the bottom line is, if you want to consume Cardinals Grapefruit League baseball, you absolutely are going to have the opportunity to do so. All right, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of uh, Sports Open Line. Thanks uh, for being tuned in. And uh, we'll talk to you throughout the day tomorrow here on KMOX, continuing with our uh, spring training reports. And then uh, we'll talk to you next with a long-form show coming up on Wednesday night with Countdown to Opening Day here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.